We're not best friends, but uh, we've got a good working relationship. Hey, podcast listener, you're listening to the Semi-Pro Cycling Podcast, the weekly podcast where we discuss all the issues that cyclists talk about. Whether you're out training, commuting, or just riding around, sit down and listen in, because we're about to begin. I got something to say, man. Yo-ho! Welcome to episode 31 of the Semi-Pro Cycling Podcast, where we believe that semi-pro cyclists ride for love and not money. If you stick around to the end, I'll fill you in on the quote from the top of the show and let you know who's not best friends with who. Hey there, semi-pros. My name is Damien Roos. I'm the founder of Semi-Pro Cycling, home of the Semi-Pro Cyclist. And the big news this week, Mario Cipollini, the news broke that he is tied to Dr. Fuentes. It is claimed that he is writer Maria. And I spoke to Mario this week about this latest scandal. Mario, Gazzetta dello Sport broke the story this week. And I want to talk about something that did come up. You do have many nicknames already, but the newspaper has uncovered a new one, Maria. I want to talk about this. You are already the Lion King, Chippo, Super Mario. So why Maria? When I am very young, I have the long hair. Maybe I am more affection for this. So you like Maria? I like it. Well, it's definitely unique. I mean, there's no other writers that have nicknames like Maria. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, well, it's nice for a change. Whose idea actually was it? Totally my idea. What about other names? Did you try any other names? I try not like it. Well, thank you very much for this quick interview, Mario, and for clearing up the issue. Do you have any last words on Dr. Fuentes? Total cock. The nuts and bolts this week, I want to talk about visualization. I want to use it, though, as an aggressive strategy to get more out of yourself, something that isn't spoken about a lot when it comes to visualization. When I interviewed Hunter Allen in episode 29, he talked about the importance of visualization in a training sense. So to get you through the tough moments, for example, when you're riding in an interval and you imagine yourself attacking off the front of the bunch, He did talk about taking it further, and that was new to me in the sense that think about the praise that you get from your friends and family and the email that you'll get from your coach, and this is all going to drive you to perform when you're focusing in on one specific event, and then you're using these thoughts to get you through the the hard bits, the training, the getting up in the morning, the 20 hill climbs that you've got to do. But I wanted to take it a little bit further. I wanted to sort of blow it up a little bit so it covers a larger area and you can use it to not only motivate yourself for one race but use it to motivate yourself throughout the whole season. And then I thought about the other side of visualization that I've always used which is always getting into the nitty-gritty of the emotion and the feeling and the visual aspects and how you will react in different situations and focusing heavily on a specific event and everything that surrounds that event. So this is where it's more detail-oriented and you're evoking a different type of sensation to get you through specific types of um, situations you find yourself in the middle of races themselves. So for today's show, I've split them into two categories. Number one is anything that's outside of races, anything that contributes towards you being fitter, And then the secondary result is doing well in a race. And number two, within the races themselves. 
So how you can actually go about visualizing and getting results and getting more from yourself from within the race itself. So number one, if we start by picking a number, I'm going to try and break it down here as tangible and as easy as possible so it doesn't seem like this big abstract idea, which it's not really, but it does take some imagination to push yourself out of the constraints that you normally hold against yourself. And what I'm talking about here is a number like your FTP, or if it's not power, it's the time that it takes you to do a five-kilometer time trial, or your favorite mountain bike loop, anything like that that has a tangible number attached to it that can be measured because it goes back to that thing, what gets measured gets managed. I know I say it a lot, but I really think that it's important and it needs to be reminded because you forget why you're doing something sometimes. And this is kind of trying to address that, that gap that you know you can't link why you're doing something or you don't understand why you have to do something in order to get the result. And so this puts it all together, but based on your specific situation. So the idea is that you first pick a number that you're going to use, and then you pick a number to aim for. So how do you actually pick the number that you're going to aim for? What is realistic? If you're talking about a five-kilometer time trial and you do it in 10 minutes, and then you want to do it in seven minutes. How do you actually get to that number, that seven minutes? How is it possible that that is something that you can get towards? Well, if you pick your number based on the top performers of the category that you want to do well in, then that will give you a very good starting point. And essentially, this is the idea that Hunter and Coggan put together in the power profile and just broadening it slightly. Not only can you do it with power, but you can do it with time trial. So looking at your club riders, looking at international riders and how fast they do set distances, and even your local hero lap times on particular mountain bike courses is a good indication of how you're going compared to them because you would have an idea possibly of how well they ride and if you've ever ridden with them, how, how much better they are than you. And so using this tangible number is what we're moving towards here and that's going to be the focus. So setting a performance target through this number gives you something tangible to focus on and move towards. Make one thing sure though, make sure that the number is a stretch for you. So make sure that this number is beyond your current abilities and it's not sitting within an easy reach. Make it hard, make it so that everything you do has to be working properly in order for you to get this number. So now that you have the number, Get to know the number. Talk about it. Think about it every single day. Put it up somewhere in your room. Put it on your phone. Tell everyone about it. Tell your wife, your girlfriend, your husband, your boyfriend, whoever. Tell them so they know about this number and they can help you focus on this number as well. And the main reason why you do this is because what is in your mind is what you focus on. You are so focused on this number once it's there every single day and you can't shake it that it starts to manifest in different ways. And it's not some airy-fairy advice from the secret where you're putting something out to the universe and then you're hoping to expect a miracle when it comes back, you know, and you're going to ride faster all of a sudden. I really believe that when you have that number lodged in your head, you carry yourself differently. If you have X target on your head, you can't act like a guy that rides like Y. 
you got to act like someone that's capable of X. It's not about being arrogant. It's more about confidence. And your entire approach to your cycling, your training, your racing, interacting with other riders and coaches and officials, it's knowing that you can compete and knowing that you can do what it takes to win the race. What type of moves you can make riding at the front, going for the sprint, getting the whole shot. It's the confidence that you can do these things for the result that you want. Also, you have to start thinking like, this type of training isn't going to get me where I want to be, or this amount of time spent on the bike isn't going to get me there, or this type of diet is not going to fuel me to do the training to get me where I want to be. So it starts then seeping into other areas of your life, and you can then start thinking bigger picture because everything is pointed towards something that is right in front of you, and it's there all the time, and therefore... When you make every decision in your life, it starts to really affect the way that you approach cycling or approach anything else. Like it will help you get focused on optimizing your time off the bike because there's no way you can make the numbers work without it. You also start to analyze your relationships and your equipment and even your work, you know. If you go from a work where you have to use your body a lot, but you need this rest time, then you get a job where you sit down or whatever. All of these things can start to change. And this is what I mean by manifesting. It's still a bit of an airy-fairy target, though. If you just say, oh, I'm going to increase by 100 watts in my top five-second sprint over the period of two months, it's not just going to happen. You, you need to plan for it as well. So practical ways to reach your number if it's not clear how you'll get there, you've got to act on it. It's as simple as that. And so my recommendation is sitting down with the coach and mapping out exactly what it looks like to go from where you are to where you want to be. Like I said before, they may think you're crazy because everyone's going to think you're crazy because you're pushing yourself further and harder than you ever have before. But the idea is to plan for it and to think about it and to know what it feels like when you get there so that you're prepared and you can do it and it's not a shock to your system and you're comfortable in this situation and you can handle anything that's thrown at you when it comes to actually racing or training or anything to do with the bike. A little hack to get you through this is to always make yourself feel like you're behind. I don't know how hard you are on yourself normally. I know I'm quite hard on myself if I don't put in a good training session. But if you always make yourself feel like you're behind, you never sit back and think, ah, oh, that was a good training month, and then be tempted the next month to not go as hard. If you don't hit the number, mark it as ready in your training diet so you know that you have to make it up the next month. You have to visualize the scenarios, like what you need to do in your training and where you can make up the ground. Only then are you going to be able to stretch yourself to actually reach the goal. I hope you can get a picture of how by setting this one thing in front of you and setting it because it's meaningful to what you're doing. And so like the FTP, it's meaningful. If you increase this, you will get better. In this instance, it's not about setting a specific event. It's about tying in every aspect of your life to point towards one direction that will ultimately make you a better rider. Of course, the bigger picture of this is why you're doing it in the first place, which I'm going to address when we get to the tech hacks and products section because I believe it is a bit of a hack and it doesn't fit straight forward into what I'm talking about here. I've got my right foot clicked into my pedal and I'm sitting on my top tube. I'm at the start line surrounded by fresh, new equipment. All riders looking very pro, very professional, but I'm not intimidated. I've just finished my warm-up 
and I've just wiped myself down and put a new jersey on. So I look like I'm fresh and I haven't even done any work yet, but I feel ready to go and my body is moving. The excitement is building. I can smell the embrocation in the air. I can smell the nervousness. I can smell the farts of the other riders, their nervousness, the tension. I can look around and see the crowd on the sidelines and the announcer calling out useless information that just blurs into the background. I get called up and I'm positioned and then the gun goes and I'm ready and I move into position. I fire away. My muscles are firing. My lungs are burning from the lactate. I'm moving into the second position following the wheel. I feel comfortable. I can hear the tires. I take enough space so that I'm not forcing myself to push behind the rider too close, but I'm getting enough of a benefit from their draft. I'm not wasting energy. I'm pedaling. I'm tucking my elbows in. I'm looking around for opportunities to pass and keep keeping my momentum going so no one can pass me. I get moving. Oh, i got to snap out of that one, otherwise it would go on forever. But what I'm trying to do there is give you a sense of what it's like to visualize an actual start of a race in my mind. I don't know how you do it, and everyone's going to be different in the way they approach this, but I think visualization of the actual race is one of the most important aspects of preparing your mind to get ready for big events that you can't overlook. And you should always keep this idea moving over your head and take time and practice so that you get better and better at this. And then that transfers into a better result or a calmed emotional state or energy when you want it. And you can feel yourself firing when you need to. This is number two, when you're actually inside the event. And you put yourself in the position where your emotions and your senses and everything is alive, but you're actively choosing what you do and where you go so that when it comes down to act racing, you're prepared. You're prepared as much as possible. Start with something you're familiar with. So start with a local club race. You know, the ultimate goal is to build up to one of your A races or to all of your A races. But if you start in familiar territory, you'll be able to capture the atmosphere better, the small details, the person that's going to be pulling the trigger on the start gun, the timing tent, the person that's feeding you, where you get your biddens from. All of these things are going to be familiar. You can go into a little bit of autopilot when it comes to imagining how this will work. That can then slowly build up from that point. That's when you can then build up to A races that you may not be familiar with, that you may only have ridden the course two days before you ride it. And so you have to put energy into learning the lines and then remembering each part of the course. The idea here is to capture and prepare the sensations associated with an event. It's all about what's in your head. So it's all about sitting down and thinking about what is going to take place in a race. So after you've picked an event, quiet your conscious mind by just breathing and relaxing because the more relaxed that you are, the stronger the experience will be. The process involves tuning in your senses. Being aware that you have five senses will help paint the picture in 5D. If we run through the senses now, just to give you an idea, I know you know them, but just to give you an idea and a reminder of how this works. Visual. So see the road or track in front of you. Pick the best lines. See the other riders, the crowd. Picture everything that you can in as much detail. See the dust coming up off a rider's wheel. Look down and see your hands grabbing the bars. Look at the wheel. See your suspension moving. 
The next one is kinesthetic, where you're feeling the sensation. You feel how hard your legs are working. Do they feel heavy? You can also sense the breeze through your hair and the warmth of the sun, or feel the cover of the trees when you're darting through the bush. The third one is auditory, so you're listening out for the sounds around you. Are there any birds chirping on a spring morning? Listen out for the buzz of the tire as it's connected to your road. You can also feel this, but listening to this will give you a connection. It will make you understand what happens when you move your hands. Listen to your breath. Listen to your breath and how it's actually working if you're under pressure and if that's the thing that you use to get rhythm when you're riding. Smell embrocation, dirt, clean clothes, sweat, whatever smells are associated with your race. And then once you get going, so not just the start, taste, the saltiness of the sweat in your mouth or the dirt that's on your bidden. If you tune in each of your senses as you imagine standing there on the start line and then when you're in the middle of the race, feeling the top tube resting on your leg and the slight tightness in your stomach, You see the colors of everything around you that aren't in focus and you hear the nervous chatter. You take a sip of your bitten, you taste it as you swallow it. You use physical cues that will help you move your imagination from your chair to your bike. Be dynamic. You know, imagine your bike along the course during an event. Don't think about it, but feel the sensations as you move. The resistance from my mind that I always face when I'm visualizing is looking at myself from a distance. Rather than being the rider in the moment, if I don't take control and swap my position, then I'm at the mercy of external forces. And in in this state, I always see myself crashing, which is a bit of a bummer, but I got to really push myself to get into the moment and feel the wind and smell the air and feel my legs hurt and lungs sting and the metallic taste of the lactate from my fast start and feel my back flattening as I become more aero on the descent. Because you have to be positive in your images. You got to ride the event in the way that you want to ride it. You got to climb smoothly, carve the descents, move efficiently through the controls, and you get what you imagine. On the other side of that, no actual event goes perfectly. We get flats, we develop sore muscles, you know, we blow up. Although you do want to focus on the positive in your visualization, you have to allow for some negatives to happen. You have to get used to the feelings associated with the negatives. So you're exploring both sides of the spectrum. You're not exploring just being in front and taking off. You can explore all the different parts of a race. So you feel the frustration of getting dropped because of a flat tire, or you feel yourself getting calmer as you fix the flat and then feel your legs accelerating back up to the race place and allow negatives to occur, but finish them always on a positive note so that you overcome them. And that's what you really want to do in a race. You want to overcome any bad things that happen. Visualization is not about anticipating problems and problem solving. It's more about previewing the physical and emotional sides of the ride so that you're familiar with them. And when it comes to the actual race, you can handle it. So when your rival is up the road in a break, for example, you feel like this is a familiar experience and it's manageable rather than worrisome. Thus, you won't waste precious energy fretting about something negative. You'll accept the occurrence and the feelings. I spoke about this in the warm-up episode where you're not wasting energy because everything is prepped and prepared. It's kind of like slotting your emotions and controlling your emotions when you're in the middle of a race and you're just calling back things that you have practiced so that everything can run smoothly and you're calming yourself down and you don't function on negative energy. Visualization is another way of learning to ride in the present as well. Like I said, I always have 
had troubles when I visualize and it takes me a long time and a lot of practice in order to get it down to where I'm just actually on the bike, feeling their sensations, feeling what it's like to ride at my best and pushing myself harder than ever before and I'm looking down at my hands and I'm actually there and I can feel my legs and I can feel my ass on the seat. I can feel everything that's going on and it's all within me and I, I feel confident and comfortable and I can move with the bike and it feels as one. I've actually had moments where I have visualized that effectively that I've opened my eyes and been surprised that I have to start the race. That's a pretty crazy side effect and the interesting thing about that is that I was delving that deep that it actually calmed my emotion before I got to the race. It was just before I was about to do a warm-up, just before I was about to do the event itself and I was practicing lines and where I wanted to be at the start and, and whose wheel I wanted to follow if they were in front of me. And so that had me prepared right at that moment, and it felt like I'd been there before. The big thing about visualization, though, is it's really about the details. So you've got to try and imagine as much of the ride as you can. You can't imagine each second that's kind of taking it a little bit too far, but if you try to work progressively through each part of the course, you're feeling all the sensations associated with the flap, the windy section, moving on before your favorite part and powering up the climb. It's really going to help you feel familiar and secure and the most important thing of this is confidence, preparation and confidence so you know how to handle things even if they are brand new to you and you haven't been in that situation before. And one last thing about visualization is it's like any other mental skill. It improves with practice. So don't wait around and do it just a week before your A race. Like I said, start at something local and then Perhaps every single time you race, no matter what race it is, work up to it. Work a week before where you imagine it and you feel it so that you're using that brain muscle and you're actively going over and over and over so it becomes easier and it can get more and more detailed and you're not full of anxiety when it comes to the race itself because you can control that. Really interesting to see if you do this. Do you actually visualize what do you visualize and how has it made an effect on your writing? Get in contact with me because I'm really fascinated by this stuff and I would love to hear anything, anything else that you can add to this conversation. So moving into the tech hacks and products section, this week I wanted to link it in. I, I came up with another idea when it comes to cycling and training and your why and I wanted to link it in because I feel it is a bit of a hack that anybody can do and it's very easy, it's free, you know, like there's no barriers except for putting some time in and actually thinking about it. And what it is, is visualizing specifically what your ideal day is. So it's not about making excuses, it's not about living within the constraints that you have, you know, financial or talent or whatever it is, just going absolutely wild. And then when you're doing that, visualize yourself with two hours of training within each day. I'm saying this because everyone has two hours to put towards their cycling a day. It may not be out in the road. It may not even be in the trainer. You know, it could be mobility work or it could be going for a walk with your wife or whatever it is. Everyone can find two hours a day to put towards their cycling. Because the idea is that if you picture this day, then you can build momentum towards getting results. If you put in two hours a day, that's 14 hours a week to ride and improve how you cycle. 
if you want to take it a little bit further, put in five hours of work and then that's the reality of life. But two hours of cycling, you can reach your goals. I believe that 14 hours is more than sufficient to actually reach anything you want to do as a semi-pro. So let's get to that quote from the top of the show. It's Froomey, Chris Froome, talking about his relationship with Wigo. It sounds a little professional, doesn't it? And I don't mean professional in a pro good sense. I mean, it seems like it's a pure business relationship. There's not a lot of passion between them, not a lot of love lost if things go wrong. And under the heat of the moment, who knows what's going to happen? I've been saying it for a long time now, but I can't wait for the fireworks at the tour, especially the fireworks that Team Sky are going to produce. And oh yeah, I have booked for the tour. I am so pumped about this. I've booked my accommodation. I'm staying in Annecy for three weeks. I plan on doing Letarp and then riding around the Alps and catching the stages that are around Annecy. If you're going to be in the area, get in touch. I would love to hang out, have a beer, go for a ride, do whatever. Just enjoy the French sunshine. Summertime in France, it cannot get any better. If you're interested, just hit me up and we'll see what we can work out. And that's it. So till next week, get on your bike and enjoy the pain cave or the hurt box, whichever one you're into. (laughs) 